0: You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. Our topic today is the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. This is our second podcast that we've had on this topic, but we feel like it's important for us as Christians to continue to think together about how we can process what's going on around us and continue to live out our faith in the midst of such a trying time in our culture. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me today, Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Stacy Donardo, who are other members of our leadership team. Uh, the topic today is the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. We are now eight months in uh, through a myriad of shutdowns and mandates. And uh, I don't know where you're at, but if you're anything like us, you're probably feeling a little bit fatigued, a little bit discouraged, perhaps disoriented, not sure. Uh, how to go forward. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we're processing through what continues to go on around us and then uh, what we can look forward to as a church and as uh, followers of Jesus. So welcome in. Uh, that's our starting point. Where All are right. you guys at with well, this?
1: Let me, uh, let's me. let start with talking about what has made COVID hard, right? And then I want to talk about what we can do to really uh, try to encourage each other in those. But what is it about this particular crisis that's made it hard for you?
2: Yeah, early in the COVID uh, pandemic, when it hit, Joe, you said something, I don't even remember the context, uh, but you had said, people are not just biology. You know, When when we were starting to shut everything down and you were kind of sounding a warning to say, hey, look, we need to take people's health seriously. We need to take the biological reality seriously. But if we're not careful, if we strip ourselves of everything else, that's going to have an effect. And I I feel like when Jimmy uses the word fatigued, if, if I tried to say, why am I fatigued? I think it would be that life increasingly is becoming only about biology. Yeah, Like a lot of things that make life rich and full are being taken away, and sometimes for good reason. But I think when I say I feel tired about COVID, what I mean is there are a lot of things about life that just make life enjoyable Yeah, that I'm no longer enjoying. Do,
1: yeah. And I think there are other things, There, that's an interesting thing too. I used to, early on, when people were wearing masks, I was that I, I saw that as a um, as an irritant, mm-hmm. right? But there's something about not being able to see people's faces yeah. that is probably much deeper, and that's I I think what they're finding more and more in assisted living, in hospitals, in uh, different places that uh, there is something deeply uh, human about being able to see people's faces, read people's faces, and when that is taken away for an extended amount of time, I don't know, maybe the fatigue is the best description of what happens to somebody's soul.
3: Yeah, I, I've used the word weary a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, something that I think has just made it hard is obviously just the longevity of it. I mean, we're used to a crisis right. happening and a couple weeks later, yeah, yeah we're picking up pieces. It's Blood Things thing. are different on the other side, but... It's over to some extent. I think with extent. that,
0: you know, if you had said, if you had told us in March that we'd be sitting here in December still talking about this, I don't know that anybody would have said, you know, we were told 15 Two days weeks, to slow right. the spread and all, the, all these things. Right, it just right. feels like, you know, something that at least for, speaking for myself going in, I'm thinking, oh, this this could last for a few weeks. And that's going to be, I mean, I remember the first time we talked about potentially stopping services and yeah. we I know. said, hey we'll be back by Easter. It'll be great. And yeah. we saw how that turned out. So right? I think, yeah, you have a point there with like the longevity of it is just a well, challenge and there's too.
3: there's been just, I think, waves too, of up and down, navigating everything changing. I mean, I have kids in school. So every week, I mean, as of 6 PM last night, what their schedule was supposed to be this morning is different than what it is. Everything is changing all of the time. And as someone that is generally very positive and also loves change, like the fact that I'm going, oh, my goodness, we just need to kind of things just need to calm down and, you know, not feel as tiring and exhausting. It's a unique place to be in. And so.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of little things and the cumulative effect. So you think about, uh, you know, Thanksgiving week just happened and how many families didn't get together. And, you know, on the one hand, it's like, okay, big deal. We missed one time together. But on the other hand, like that stings. You know, Amy and I went shopping on Friday after Thanksgiving. No one was there. And, you know, just usually that's just a time of like life and there's Christmas music playing and everybody's happy. And instead you, it's like yet another reminder that the world is not the way it has been or should be. And I do think like it's the whole death by a thousand paper cuts kind of adage that over time, you know, you make peace with this thing or that thing going away because you understand the need for it. And then over time, without even realizing it, it adds up. And and that's why I think so many of us, I mean, I know this is true for me, there's like a simmering frustration mm-hmm. that's there. Yeah. And I've just noticed people have a quick trigger to yep. complain, to want to be angry, to because it's almost like we all have this frustration and we don't know where to put it right. or who to blame for it.
1: And part of the thing, I think, uh, around this table, and this is the leadership team at uh, Hudson, is that um, we know that worship... And church uh, is maybe more important right now than ever. You know, usually in crises, uh, the church is where people turn. Remember when 9-11 happened, then uh, people long just to come to church. And I think everybody's doing that. So there's a lot of pressure, I think, on us that, uh, that we feel inside that we have that same longing and we want to minister the best way we can and yet we have this other kind of pressure to be good neighbors and to not be the epicenter of of increasing the crisis or prolonging the crisis so um, that's where cool. <laughs> okay we've done a good job of uh, well, I was <laughs> of articulating I mean, yeah, the, we haven't the even issues
0: necessarily hit on the fact that you know there there are families who gathered for thanksgiving without loved ones because right. they, they were sick or, or they passed away yeah. and right. just the the i think the the two headed monster of number one, you know, the suffering that has gone on because of the actual disease itself, but then also the just disruption to life and uh, then what has been known as normal for so long, I think is, yeah, and then I think maybe adding a third head to the monster, just the, the lack of knowledge that there's an end anytime soon, you right. know.
3: And the fact that it's in most crises, you can run to each other. And this is the one crisis that I've ever, you know, other than a pandemic 100 years ago, where you have to run away from each other. Well,
2: obviously, the pandemic has had a tremendous effect on a lot of industries. I know people are out of work. You know, you might be listening to this to be out of work, or you might be listening to this and being overworked, you know, if you're a first responder. And so you know, our heart goes out to you, whichever side of that you're in. But I think we have felt it as a church leadership team of Joe. You know, you mentioned, I think there are some people who are upset with us because currently, we're online we're not in person and yet at the same time we've done more funerals this year than than maybe <laughs> any other year yeah. I and mean, there've been a lot of and so people dying from or at least connected to uh the virus and you know and so you're just trying to always navigate right. like hey people do need the church and so sometimes you, you we're we're reopening and we're coming back because and then you're burying people and you're being reminded hey this is a serious thing that that you know, and I know we've all gotten emails of people saying, "Oh, you shut down. Thank you so much." Or you know, the what the what opposite. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I just the think uh, within days of each
0: other. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I, I think look, I think we, I you know, I feel the fatigue in church leadership of uh, not necessarily people uh, complaining uh, or congratulating. Because again, uh, right. I understand everybody's perspective. I, I think it's more from saying, "I I don't know what the right answer right. always right." Is. right. Is you know this is uncharted territory, and and I think well, a lot of us are feeling that too, right? Do I let my kid go to this event? Do I not? Do they are they wearing their mask? Are they not? Is this you know we're all navigating that all the time.
1: Okay, so let's turn. Where do we go. Yeah, let's try to pivot and let's talk about what we can do, what we've been doing in order to stay uh, encouraged, uh, in order to keep our eyes fixed on uh, on what we should be looking at what we should be encouraged by.
3: I had a conversation just the sorry Jimmy go looked here, like he was, was gonna talk. No, go <laughs> I had a conversation just the other day with um, a non-Christian that I was just blessed to be able to have a conversation with and was reminded um, that you know there are a lot of things that we can be grateful for in this. I think early on in even the pandemic, remembering and being at home a lot more, um and there can be opportunities in that that you're like man I didn't realize that there were um things that I could enjoy about being home more than not and I know everyone's in different situations everything looks different but I've tried recently to take a step back and to go okay let me actually name some things that I do have that we do have when all of a sudden the world seems to be closing in and things seem to be so down but
1: Yeah I think that's a huge key I think to look around and not even at things that uh are apparent gifts from COVID that we didn't have before, but the the gifts that we uh, have overlooked all the time during when, when things are normal. Um, I remember when uh, my little brother died and one of the ways that, uh, that kind of pulled me out of darkness uh, was I was uh, my daughter, Rachel was uh, probably, I guess she was maybe four and I was laying on my bed, uh, on my, uh, stomach and I was just really, really down. And she was She came in, laid beside me, uh, on her back. And then I felt her little hand on my back and she was just patting my back. And I thought, uh, okay, I'm going to quit looking at what I've lost and start looking at what I have while I have it. And there was something that uh, was a switch that was kind of Uh, flipped inside of me. And I began to look at my my children and my wife and and all the different things. I mean, there are literally thousands of things that I could give thanks for every day that I have not lost, that COVID has not taken. And if I would focus more on those instead of what COVID has taken, I'm much better off.
2: Yeah. And it is a fight, that fight for joy of saying, Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to think about and focus on you know the I think of Paul in Philippians eight when he, or Philippians four when he says whatever's noble whatever's pure whatever's you know and and I think he's saying uh, look look for the reasons right. to be happy look yep. look for the reasons to and I think one of those as a Christian is you know COVID is like the example of what the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust and the virus has affected Christians and non Christians alike but it's just a reminder that as Christians one of the most encouraging things that is true is that. Uh, this life for us is as bad as things are ever going to be.
1: Right. yeah
2: And you know, I think, boy, if, if you are a person without faith, for whom this life is all you have, then the last eight months that have been robbed from you, and who knows how much longer, you, you know, are 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 really robbing you of a significant portion of the time you have. Uh, COVID for us is a reminder that this is awful, and we should do everything we can to fight it. And change it and work against it. But at the same time, I'm glad to know that whatever this life throws at me, my life is only crescendoing. I mean, I am only headed towards future joy and future glory. And it's a good reminder because I think in times of comfort, we are tempted to think this world is as good as it's going to get. Right, right. It's times of discomfort, I think, that remind us, wait a minute, this is not ultimate, and that's a good thing.
1: And there's something about uncertainty too, that can help my uh, my faith, my walk with God. If I'm, if I'm going to be in darkness, I'd rather uh, be reaching for the hand that can see uh, in that darkness. And so I think even in the uncertainty, and we talked about it here, not knowing really what we should do or shouldn't do uh, with regards to opening the church or closing the building or whatever, um, the fact that uh, God is not surprised, and that uh, we are people of faith who know that we are going to be dependent on Him. And it's times like this when we can uh, feel it intensely. And in those times, are when our relationship with God can grow.
2: Yeah, and I do think it's going to be interesting to see how COVID, what is the church universal, capital C, church look like when this pandemic yeah. lifts? Yep. You know, because I think there is a dividing line that's being drawn mm-hmm. among Christians. I think some people, are retreating. I I think they're saying, you know, hey, I've had Sundays to sleep in and watch football, and I haven't missed it. And I think there are going to be people who say, you know, for a lot of reasons, I'm going to disconnect. And then I think there are others who are plunging deeper into... And and I I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little bit in advance mourning the first one, but then excited about, I think, a group of people who will be ready to set the world on fire for Jesus when we come back, because they'll just say, hey, this past... Uh, period of time has taught me, I need to go deeper. Right. I, I need I need to be all in with Jesus. Well,
3: and I can just say personally, like, in those moments of growing closer to Christ in this past year, which again, I would say I have been driven to do, and I'm so thankful for God's word in that, like, that is where I will find moments of peace and solace, and it is, and that makes sense, because it's what he tells us in his word will happen when we draw close to him. And so just an encouragement that I know it, it makes sense on a church podcast to say, go read your Bible, but I mean, really, it is in, his word is life-giving and can provide that to you. So,
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, it it just really illustrates why the church is so important, and I'm not talking about just CCC, but as Zach said, the Church Universal, just because, you know, circling back to what we said at the beginning, people are not just biology, and, and we know that, and we believe that, and uh, so th- that's why when... You know, you're sitting in your kitchen watching an online service on an iPad. It just isn't the same as right. when you're sitting worshiping with other believers. That's why when you're holding your community group via Zoom and trying to, you know, you're trying to have a conversation while this person's buffering and this other person has left their microphone on mute and doesn't know it. And it's just like <laughs> really frustrating. It's because, you know, we weren't made to be apart from one another. And the church is, if nothing else, illustrative of that, that yeah. we we need each other that following jesus is not an individual pursuit it's a team sport and you know if anything has drawn that out it's been this yeah. this whole crisis
2: yeah and i think it's important then in that sense to let that distress turn to longing yeah right? you know is to to lean into your heart longing to be together for worship longing to be with family longing to go out to dinner to <laughs> just enjoy these things so that when they come back Lord willing, you will appreciate them all the more. We'll be a richer church, a deeper church, a more connected church to Jesus and, and to each other. So I think while the world turns to distress, and there are a lot of reasons to do that, I think we should turn to longing. Longing for this world to be restored to what we knew it to be, and ultimately, longing for the world to come in which there will be no more viruses, no more pandemics, and only good things all the time.